0: and rural dean of the vale of glamorgan and david born at the end of the first world war was at the end of the second a captain in the glamorganshire regiment on his way home from singapore to be demobilized his father sat presiding over the hlandui welcome home committee that was one of the things he'd almost forgotten from dorothy's time how to run a committee the vicar cleared his throat and smiled "'I wonder,' he said gently, "'if we are not getting away a little from the business in hand. "'We are here charged with the details of our Welcome Home festivities. "'It was, um, decided long ago at the General Village Meeting, "'over which I was happy to preside, "'that we should have a Welcome Home Fund at Landoui. "'And due to the very diligent collections "'organized by Miss Cherrington and Mr. Anderson, "'and I need hardly say again how grateful we all are to them,' He turned and smiled at Miss Charrington on his right, and at the postmaster on his left. The fruit on Miss Charrington's hat shook dangerously again. Ben Anderson, a shy but resolute man who was nervous of speaking or of being spoken of in public, blushed and looked down at the table. Due to these vigorous collections, went on the vicar, and to the generosity of the village, we now have sufficient money to achieve our original purpose which was to give each man returning from the war a small present of money and to hold a social gathering in the village hall. We have agreed, I remind you, on the present and the social gathering. Our job tonight is merely to work out the details. There is perhaps no very useful purpose served, as I see it, in discussing whether it would not be better to have some sport instead of the social evening— or whether it would be wise to take the whole village on a Sharabang outing to Central Wales, to the Birmingham Corporation Waterworks, or whether the money should be spent, as Mr. Evan Morgan has suggested, in putting up a pavilion on the village cricket green. He glanced down the table to the other end where Evan Morgan sat. A square man with no neck, with a square red face, in which two very blue eyes were set deep and rather close together. He looked what he was—handsome in an animal way, as you might say an ox was handsome, powerful, ruthless. He had started his working life as an errand boy in the village shop. His mother had been the school caretaker. Now he owned not only the village shop, but shops in Bridgeend, Cowbridge, and Barry, and farms throughout the Vale. He had bought the manor house in the centre of the village, when old Mrs. Fitzhamond-Jones, whose family had lived there ever since the name Fitzhammon had been heard in South Wales, had gone to church in her reading spectacles, tripped over the gateway from Church Street, and fallen down the long flight of stone steps that led to the sunken churchyard, expiring, appropriately though inconveniently, among the serried ranks of tombstones, and not far from the Fitzhammon Jones family vault. The purchase of the manor house had been a symbolic gesture of defiance on Evan Morgan's part, the more real for not being consciously realized. Evan had given twenty-five pounds to the Welcome Home Fund, indeed was the top subscriber, and Hugh Morris did not wish to offend him. He was in any case only awaiting a suitable opportunity to beg a similar sum from him towards the repair of the Chantry Roof. "'All these suggestions have been most valuable,' the vicar lied easily. "'But their consideration is um, not within the terms of reference of this committee.' "'I am of the opinion,' said Miss Charrington, who was a little deaf and had not heard, or wickedly pretended not to have heard, what the vicar had been saying. Her voice was thin and precise. "'I am of the opinion,' she repeated, that the Sharabang outing should go somewhere else. The Ilan Valley is all very well, but we live here in the midst of natural beauty. Was it not Carlyle who said that the Vale of Grimorgan was the Garden of Wales? It was her favourite quotation, and the Mother's Union heard it frequently and believed it was not Carlyle, but Mary Cherrington who had originated the phrase. "'Let us therefore go,' she went on, some place that will give us some man-made beauties. What about Gloucester, Oxford, and Stratford-on-Avon? That would make a delightful excursion. Should have thought the Elan Valley Lakes were man-made, if anything was, said Henry Thomas crisply. Henry was the landlord of the Bell, a shortish bluff man. But...